nurturing your child's emotional health. Can you say that to me, you? Without putting the gum in your mouth. No, no, no. no. Nurture. me to jump off a bridge, I would not do that. If someone asked me to jump off a bridge, I would not do it. If someone asked me to jump off a bridge, I'd get a jetpack and jump off the bridge. <laughs> to follow or not to follow? That is the question that we are going to explore in this podcast. Hi, I'm Denise Merkel, the Director of Education at Aiden Montessori School. So there are different kinds of leaders and different kinds of followers. Some leaders are inspiring. They are good listeners. They encourage the team. Some leaders are dominant. They're bossy. They may make bad choices and expect everyone to follow along. Some followers are productive. They like the team aspect. They want to get it done. They're happy to follow along with what's happening. And then there are submissive followers who are maybe afraid of, of the leader or they just want to avoid conflict and that's why they go along. A good leader would be if the leader said, for example, everybody will have a turn doing something. A good leader is someone that makes um, stuff equal to everyone. A good leader is somebody who, who is kind and nice and is helpful. Because our children are in a Montessori school, they're already getting a good handle on some of the skills they'll need about making choices, because that's what we're looking at. If a child is asked to follow along with something that they are not quite sure is the right thing to do, or they're embarrassed to say, speak up, we, they have to know that they have choices. And in a Montessori environment, they have lots of opportunities to practice that. They also learn about themselves. They have self-confidence. So they can stand up to someone and say, no, I don't think I'm going to do that this time. Or they know their own strengths and weaknesses. And that's what happens in a Montessori classroom. In life, children are going to just be in situations where the hierarchy is already naturally uh, set up. The children who are older, the, the children who are more mature, um, even as simple as the children who are taller seem to be the ones who end up leading. So some of it, it makes sense and some of it doesn't. Developmentally, if you look at children around age three and under, they're just imitating everything they see. So, you know, they're kind of mostly followers anyway, but that's natural. That's how they learn about themselves. A primary age child is influenced by what the group is doing or what they see going on but it's still a little bit of they move in and out of things it's when they hit that elementary age that they really are starting to delineate the roles that the people play around them so they're very interested in their peers opinions of them and they feel a pressure to conform when your child says something to you about, I wasn't sure what to do in this situation, you want to say, well, in our family, we value being kind to everyone. So if a leader said, oh, let's go pick on so-and-so, or let's not talk to this person today, your child might feel uncomfortable about that because they know in our family that's not what we do. So you always want to come back to what's the 
value in the family. And you want to practice that as much as we can in the elementary years because in the teenage years, the stakes are higher. I've had a bit of a situation with um, kind of the mean girl behavior. And I've told them to treat people how they want to be treated. So try your best to lead that example. And if you see someone else treating someone in a mean way, then maybe you should tell them at that time, I don't like the way you're treating them. Maybe we can play later. So I've told my kid that he should never do anything just because someone else says he should do it. He should listen to the own little voice inside him and then make a decision. And if he's the only one who decides not to follow, that's totally fine. And I think it helps that I'm a little weird. Like, I'm born in one country, raised in another country, immigrated. I mean, that's, that's fairly common around here, but still, you know. He knows just basically looking at me and seeing how I, how my background, like I don't match necessarily everyone else. So I've told him it's okay to be weird. So that's sort of my lesson about leadership. My son was transitioning from primary to elementary and he was so used to being the oldest in primary. So the very first day of the school year, he gets to his elementary class and the older kids were joking around and um, being mischievous. And he followed their example and got in trouble. And the very first day, and he came home and crying and saying, I thought I was supposed to follow the big kids. I'm supposed to learn from them. And I got in trouble. So the very first day of school, we had to talk about knowing the difference when you're supposed to follow someone's example and when you're supposed to follow your heart. I thought this would be like months in the making, not like the very first day of school. So much of parent messaging these days is my child will be a leader. Hi, my name is Jessica Quarrell. I'm the school counselor here at Aiden Montessori School. We think about leadership in the business world, professional success, personal success is all revolves around being a leader. And if we think about that, that is a very Western, especially American value that we have. We must be alpha in charge, the top. And I'm asking parents to expand their idea of what leaders and followers mean. So it's not so binary, one or the other. One thing if we're mindful of is the ability for children to take on the roles as both the leader and the follower. Very common in elementary, especially we see this dynamic where you'll have a group of students and there's one person who's sort of the leader. And that can um, lead to some kids being left out, some a child feeling like I'm the boss, this is how I, what I say goes giving kids the opportunity to practice different roles. So the kids who you notice are more of the followers, how do we give them the opportunity to practice being in charge, being the one in making the decisions? And also the ones who are in charge, giving them opportunities to role play or practice out being the supporter. And especially socially, when we have play groups, um, if we notice one kid is always the one deciding what we're gonna play, how do we help encourage them to, to hear the, the thoughts of other children? What do your friends think? Want to try something else this time? Let's see what, what they think, too. A bad leader is like you come out and say, Hey, you, you were late. You must have heard the chime. It's somebody who tells everybody jump off a cliff or jump off a bridge. Though this is tongue-in-cheek, I do like the idea of using your powers for good and not for evil. It's okay to be a leader. There's nothing wrong with that idea, but how are we wielding that power, so to speak? Are we using our powers of inclusion, collaboration, patience, 
or are we feeling like, oh, I'm in charge, I'm the boss, whatever I say goes. So as a parent, if we notice we have that difference in the, the um, age, the sibling hierarchy, being mindful of, is my oldest child still being kind and inclusive to the younger child? Let's remember that family values are solidified when they are tested. So if you witness or find out that your child has been a bad, in air quotes, bad leader or a follower who should not have done what they followed, our gut reaction is to say, why did you do that? That was wrong. Instead of going down that path to put your child on the defensive about something, ask them what could they have done differently and run with that. Maybe role play. Get out the the trucks or the teddy bears and have them role play. Oh, I think we should go push somebody down. I don't think we should. Try not to get in too much of why did you do that? That was the wrong thing to do. In order for them to have skills, we have to walk them through it and guide them down the next path. They don't know what the family values are until they've tested them. Someone, when someone else was building something, he told someone to um, go and wreck it, and I said they shouldn't. Someone in my sister's class told her that just because she doesn't like black meant that my sister couldn't like black. And I said to my sister, you have the right to say no. Once my sister went to the garage and she pulled out my dad's motorcycle and started trying to ride it with my younger sister, and then my dad put her in very big trouble. What did you do? I just sat there and watched. But if we keep you from doing what you ought to do, and what you have to do, and what you want to do, Remember that children are, are learning still how to be people, how to understand their feelings, what to do with their feelings. So we have to give them uh, the patience in the room to make those mistakes. These are not reflective of their ability to be independent, individuated, healthy, loving human beings and adults. The ability to work well with others and understand someone else's opinion is the greatest gift we can give our children. How can parents become better parents? Words of wisdom. Well, for parents, when their kids get into little conflicts with the other person, when they notice it, they should just go to the whoever's involved with it, talk to them, have a little meeting with them, make it right. They should talk over it, what should we do better next time, and then probably the people who were involved can feel way better and more calm. Another idea just for the kids is peace journaling. If they get in a fight, then they could take out a book or a journal and write the problem, um, how they feel, how the other person feels, and what they could do to fix it. And then they could apologize to each other and and um, then it would be fixed.